you can tell everybody Yeah, you can tell everybody Go ahead and tell everybody I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for over five years. So whether it's commercial, auto, home, or life, and I do my auto insurance and my home insurance with him, he is absolutely the best. I love that he returns calls quickly. He returns emails quickly, even does it on his days off. And his staff at Cook Insurance, over 70 years of experience, they know the right questions to ask to get you the right policy. At Cook Insurance, it is more about people than policies. Give him a call today. You will thank me for it. 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Todd Davis. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund, doing great things in our community. And, of course, Todd, a Super Bowl winner with the Denver Broncos. How are you, Todd? Uh, doing great. How are you? Uh, we certainly want to get into the game against the Bengals, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Um, there has been a lot of talk, and I know players always say we don't listen to what goes on on the outside. We don't read the papers. We don't read the Internet. We're not on social media. We don't listen to sports talk radio. But a lot of that talk has been about Vic Fangio's job security and Pat Shermer's job security. With that, how hard is it to keep that noise out of the locker room? And in all fairness, is some of that outside noise in the locker room? You know, to be honest, it's really not as hard as you think to keep the outside noise out of the locker room. Um, week in and week out, um, you only have a week to prepare for your next opponent. And as we know in the NFL, every team is good. It doesn't matter their record. Um, and when you're coming to the meat and potatoes of your season where it's either win or go home, and you're going up against another opponent um, who could be the determining factor whether you make the playoffs or not. That's all that they, these guys are focused on, and I know that that's all the team is worried about. Um, and it's hard enough trying to get a win in the NFL. You don't, you're not worried about who your coaches might be next year when you still have uh, more things to do this year. Yeah, I think that's that's really that's really interesting to note because if the people are probably on the outside. I don't feel like they really kind of grasp just how much is on your plate as players from week to week and how when you get into the game, it's so intense and there's so much going on that really having more than kind of a focus than uh, more than a focus on that play in front of you can be kind of dangerous, quite frankly. Absolutely. Um, You know, the work week um, is really pretty much just like any other. I mean, we have nine or ten hour days every day. I think you get in the facility at six o'clock. You don't leave till about five thirty six at night. Um, that doesn't include going home and studying film. 
um, and then getting that one hour, half hour with your kids and your family, and you're doing that uh, Tuesday through Friday. You travel on Saturday. Um, you have to wake up early to play on Sunday. Um, there's really not a whole bunch of time for social media and um, hearing about what different reporters or uh, what the speculation is this week. Um, you know, you got a lot to focus on. And on top of that, your coaches are adding new plays, taking plays out, changing uh, verbiage. So there's definitely a lot on your plate uh, when you get into that game on Sunday. Are you even suggesting, Todd, that when you play, you didn't even care what Andrew and I had to say? No, not at all. I think I, that's the only thing I made time for. I think I studied, listened to your show, and right. yeah, I think that was my whole Right. <laughs> that was the right answer. I emailed you the answer to that question. You read it verbatim. I'm sorry for the punctuation, but I appreciate you appeasing me and humoring me with that answer. Uh, there's only one guy from the Super Bowl team still on the roster, and that is Brandon McManus. There are very few guys on that roster who knows what it's like to truly play in a big game. Justin Simmons, one of the leaders on the team, arrived right after you guys won the Super Bowl. Vic Fangio has made a habit of allowing different guys every week to stand up in front of the team. If the Broncos win this game, and it is huge in order to make the playoffs, they go to 8-6. and six. If Vic called you up and said, Todd, I would like you to stand up in front of the team on Saturday night as a Super Bowl winner and as a guy who's played in big games, what would you tell the team? I would just tell the team to play your game. Um, don't make it anything more than another football game. Um, people are going to want to make it um, a big deal or uh, somewhere you haven't been before. We have a potential to make the playoffs with which not many of the players on the team have. Um, but it's all football. I mean, a lot of these guys have played in big-time games, whether it's national championship games or uh, college playoffs or high school championship games. You know what it's like to be in the big moment. And, um, you know, I always tell guys, um, this is where you make your money. This is where uh, you become a household name is in the big games. This is what everybody wants to see. So if you're a big-time player, if you consider yourself to be um, a dominant player and deserve that next contract or uh, for the whole world to know your name, this is where you do it. Of course, it's a big-time game coming up this Sunday for the Broncos against uh, Cincinnati, and one of the things that's allowed the Bengals to succeed is their work on the ground, Joe Mixon in particular. Now, last Sunday against Detroit, in the brief burst in the second quarter where the Lions got going, seemed like a lot of their work was was happening on the ground, some big runs up the middle, kind of gashing the Broncos a little bit. And uh, Vic Fangio mentioned a couple of days ago that hey, uh, the, the team probably needs to shore up the run defense. So when you watch the Broncos against the run, especially in games like the Lions game, the Eagles game last month, what are you seeing that they need to kind of tighten up a little bit? You know, I think they're doing a good job of um... – trying to put themselves in the best place um, to make the right plays. I really feel like with the Broncos, it's just missed tackles more so than anything uh, when they do allow a big a big run. Uh, most of the time, they're in the right spots. A lot of teams like to run gap schemes or, uh, or pull offensive linemen to try and create more space on the edge, and I feel like the Broncos do a great job with it. Um, they just have to be able to tackle in space well. Um, I think that if you look at the last game, um, the big run that the Lions had, uh, I think both Kenny and Justin had a shot at making the tackle. So, you know, they sure up 
you know, making some tackles for, you know, three or four or five-yard gains, they'll be able to stop those bigger runs. We're talking with Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund, a real estate firm doing great for our community. Outside of Teddy Bridgewater, pick one guy on each side of the ball that has to have a big game that needs to let everybody know his name for the Broncos to win. Both sides of the ball, one guy. I say on offense, uh, Jerry Judy. I think you know how dominant he can be. I think he's yet to prove it or yet to show it to the fans or have an opportunity to. Um, I think, you know, he gets some good balls that come his way. I think he'll be really dominant in the run run after the catch um, and really can make, you know, I feel like his splash onto the scene for that Broncos offense. Um, And for the defense, I'd say Baron Browning. Um, we talk about we talked about the run game and how they need to shore up, um, you know, tackling runners, um, you know, for three or four yard gains. He needs to come out and have a, a big night in the run game. Um, he's built to be a run stopper, you know. Um, he's he played the pass pretty well, but he's in there to stop the run. So I'm looking forward to seeing him have a great game. Pat Shermer's offense has had a 50-50 split of carries between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, and as a tandem, I think they've been very, very good. As a defensive player, as a guy who specialized in tackling, if you were playing on the Bengals' defense, would you rather see a 50-50 split between Williams and Gordon, or would you rather see Gordon get the ball 60% of the time so you don't have to worry about tackling Williams as much? What would you rather see as a defensive player knowing both types of running backs and their running style? I, personally, I would like to see um, one get the ball more than the other and be the premier back because at some point that premier back gets tired. Um, and then, you know, as the game goes on, I feel like he may become easier to tackle. Um, but that's the problem when you have a great tandem. Uh, 50-50 split means they're both fresh. They're both running hard. Um, and just when you feel like you've stopped Nolan Gordy, here comes Javante Williams uh, with a breath of fresh air ready to run you over. So, uh, that 50-50 split is tough. Um, I think it's just like um, offensive linemen going up against two sets of great uh, defensive linemen. You know, kind of like what the Bronco has now. Broncos have now with Shelby Harris and um, Draymond Jones and Mike Purcell. They have two sets of guys that can come in there and rush the quarterback. I think that's why the defensive line has been so successful. Is just when you get a breath of fresh air, you feel like you're stopping the D line. Here comes that second set of guys who are just as good. Yeah, you kind of mentioned that the second set of guys, the second running back. So from your perspective as a defensive player, what is tougher to deal with? That one kind of, as they say, the bell cow running back who's getting all, all the or almost all the reps through a game or the two running backs where they're splitting carries, but maybe you get to the fourth quarter, the legs are fresher because they've been divvying up the reps. Yeah, I think it's the split. Um, you know, when they're splitting reps between um, two guys who um, are very dominant. Um, and I think that is because, like you said, towards the end of the game, um, those guys are fresh. Um, I played against some great great backs in my career. Um, and I think that not every run is a great run. There's times when uh, I'll play Ezekiel Elliott and, you know, the third or fourth carry of a drive, he's more tired than he was the first carry. And so it's easier to take him down. I'll play Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, the sixth, the sixth time he's got the ball, he's not as fresh. And then when he comes back on, he, you know, he can get a little bit more wind back. But 
when you have two guys that are just so interchangeable and do uh, really, you know, a great job in their own right, having them both fresh, um, that's tough as a defensive player. When they're essentially equal, but when there's a big drop-off between Derrick Henry and the guy behind him, that's different, I'm guessing. When you have Alvin Kamara and there's a big drop-off between uh, him and the guy behind him, there's a, and there's a big drop-off. There is a difference, though, because I'm guessing you look at Gordon and and Javante Williams, while they're different types of runners, they're relatively equal, and that's what makes it so difficult on the defense. But all I'm hearing from you know Broncos country is, we want more Javante Williams. I'm guessing you're advising against that right now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, you know the split works out best for everyone. Um, I know you guys, uh, Broncos country, want to see more of Javante, but um, I don't think necessarily more means better. Um, I think he had a great game when he was a sole, sole starter and, um, you know, was able to really show what he could do um, for a full game of getting the majority of the carries. Um, but you also got to remember the wear and tear on his body and how much um, of the load he's taken. Um, I think right now, being 12 games in, he's, it's really like he's played six games as a starter um, rather than 12. So he's a lot fresher than most of the starting backs in the league or the uh, you know sole running backs that are premier number ones. Um, having two guys that can go at it, um, it just keeps everybody fresher. And they're doing such a great job. I don't know why you want to change anything. All right, so we talked a lot about it leading up to it. How did the Toys for Tots campaign go as uh, you and your wife? who started the Davis Pond Fund, were a part of it. And what do you have coming up next? Yeah, the Toys for Tots event was great. Um, I was able to break, work with the distribution center for uh, Aurora and um, Toys for Tots and the Marines. Um, and we had a great time. We were able to serve about 400 families, I believe, about 1,500 children. Um, so it was great being able to, to hang out and interact with um, some children and some fans and just get to talk and um, it's always great getting out into the community and um, getting to meet people and understand, um, you know, Denver as a city. And I'm just really trying to give back. So, you know, it's fun, really, really fun for me to be out there, and I had a great time doing it. Tell people about the Davis Fund if they don't know about it. Oh, yes. The Davis Fund is a uh, LLC that my wife and I started together. We do nonprofit and for-profit um, homes. So we do flips. We do... Um, placement for uh, mothers in transition and, um, you know, soon our veterans, we want to help um, and the homeless population. Um, we want to help get them in the homes and really help people be secure um, so they can go out and really attack the world. Um, but first you need a, a place to lay your head and a place to feel comfortable. How do people learn more about the Davis Fund, Todd? So, so contact us at uh, Davis Investing um, at Yahoo.com. Uh, go to thetoddavis.com. That's where we'll have more events that we have coming up. We should have a Christmas event where we're uh, going to a local food kitchen and helping and serving and giving back. Um, so we're just trying to do as much as we can. Very nice. Thanks, Todd, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. Thank you, guys. All right, coming up after the break, Steph Curry, now the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Now the question is, is he a top five player of all time? Is he a top 10 player of all time? And his career is far from over. We'll talk about that next. Uh-huh. 